If you have your Bibles, open to the book of Psalm, chapter 46. Psalm, chapter 46. This psalm is a great encouragement for believers. It's a great encouragement for those who do not know Christ and that it can compel them to look to Christ to work in their heart. And many of you all know some of the verses here by heart, but let's read this together. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear. Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with a swelling thereof, Selah. That word Selah, usually in the Hebrew, when it comes to the end of a sentence, God is saying, there. What do you think about that? He's saying, pause, give reflection to what I have just said, because I am a refuge to my children. I am a resource to my children. I am the ruler of my children. And when you know me in a personal relationship as I have extended unto you, he said, I will come through for you. Now, it may not be like we had planned for it to be, but God says, I will be your refuge. I am a blessing to you. I am a resource to you. I am your stability. I have got you in this situation that you're in. That's encouraging to a child of God. You see, see, this psalm, many say it was written by Hezekiah, and Hezekiah wrote this psalm when the king Sennacherib was there going to destroy all of the kingdom there. He had already shown up with 185,000 troops and they had totally destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel. And now they are camped on the doorstep of Jerusalem. And Hezekiah, the king, he is concerned about what's transpiring. And he calls for Isaiah to come together. And Isaiah comes with King Hezekiah. They get down. They start looking. They start praying, seeking God. And God says, I'm going to deliver you. I am going to see you through this problem. And many times that's what we want to hear. We don't necessarily know that the problem is going to change, but we know God says, I'm going to see you through it. I'm going to work away in the midst of it. I'm going to be your refuge. I'm going to be a powerful refuge for you. I'm going to be a personal refuge for you. I am going to work in your heart. Is that not what you're seeking God to do in your life? To work. And that's why we sing that song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. He is a fortress to those of us who believe. He is a resource that we can lean upon. He's the refuge we can flee to because in Him we have security. In Him, my friends, we have all that we need. But we have to trust Him and we have to look to Him. You see, see, the Psalms... They're the ancient hymn book of the people of God. And for 3,000 years, God's people have been singing the Psalms of Scripture. And we see this very phrase that that simply means God is faithful. And I guarantee you, if we took testimonies right now, many of you would stand up and say, yes, God is faithful. Once I found myself in bondage and God brought me forth. Once I found myself beaten down and God raised me up. Once I found myself in despair, but God worked on my behalf. God, he is faithful and we can give testimony of the faithfulness of God. Why? Because he's a refuge. Do you know him as your refuge? Do you know him as that place you can flee to? Do you know him as the hiding place where you go to and God sustains you amidst the difficulties of life, amidst the challenges of life? I mean, look what it says. It says, we fear not. Do you understand that fear is the opposite of faith? And many people struggle with all kinds of fear. Hear me. Feed your faith. Don't feed your fears. It says the earth 
earth may be removed. And though the mountains carried into the midst. And though the waters roar and be troubled. Though the mountains shake. We're going to trust our God. And you have to be intentional to do that. And when I mean intentional, it just doesn't happen because you show up here on Sundays. It happens day in and day out as you walk in an abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. As you live in harmony with the Holy Spirit and you let the Word of God dwell in you and work in your behalf. He's a refuge. Do you know Him as your refuge? Do you know Him as that place you can flee to? Do you know Him as a sustainer? Do you know Him as the blesser? Do you know Him? Because He said, I am your refuge. I am personal and I am powerful and I am present tense. I am in your life as you yield unto me. And then it says there in verse 4, there is a river. Everything shifts right here. You see all the calamity, you see all the difficulty, you see all the turmoil, you see all the shaking. But all of a sudden, he says, there is a river and the streams thereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. And God is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early and the heathen raised and the kingdoms of earth, he uttered his voice and the earth melted. He uttered his voice. And the earth melted. See, God is our refuge. And God is our river. The river is a resource. And the resource is what brings forth the provision that God has for us. Many times you can look at rivers. And when it's not storming and when it's not raging, you realize how calm a river appears. And yet a river, though it may look like it's calm, there is a depth about it. Because the farther the river goes, the deeper the river gets. And it may look like it's calm, but there's a power that's inside that river. That river is moving. That river is generous. That river is a resource to the people that are around it. And God has said, I'm just like that river. And God has said, I am not always loud and boisterous. And I know you wish your preacher wouldn't be sometimes, but that's just how it is. But the Bible also says in Psalm 29, God thunders from the heaven. We want that still, small voice. Sometimes God's got to thunder to some of us because we've got a little thickness going on up here in the skull. Right? Listen to me. God says, I'm a river. I'm a resource for your life. And it's as you abide with that river flowing through you. You see, 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 there was a river in the Garden of Eden. If you look in your scripture, you find the river flowing. And all of a sudden, when Adam and Eve, they sinned, that river seemed to go underground. And you know when it came back up again? It came back up over in Ezekiel chapter 47. There in the New Jerusalem, it comes back up. And you find the water's ankle deep. And then the water is knee deep. And then the water is waist deep. And then they're just swimming in the water. Why? Because God says, I'm a river, I'm a resource, and it's going to come to your ankles and it'll come to your knees, and then it'll just consume you if you're alive. You can swim in it, and then it goes back underground again. And then you know where it shows back up? It shows up in John chapter 7 when Jesus was there in Jerusalem, and the priests were going through their ceremonies, and they were pouring out the water, showing forth of the past faithfulness of God. And all of a sudden, that last symbol, they would stand on the steps with an empty pitcher, and they would pour it out like they were pouring something, but there was nothing in it, and they were pouring to the future provision that God was going to give and send him Messiah and Jesus stood up in the midst of that religious crowd and he said if any man thirst let him come and drink of the living water and drink it out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water Jesus said I'm the river if you met him you'll know him if you met him he'll flow in your life he said I'm a river to you 
And it's a quiet power that God has. Now, it can be loud. He can shake the mountains. He can rage the seas. But God has a powerful power about him that is a quietness as well. This morning when you got up, those of you with babies, you realize you woke up in the morning and the sun is shining through the window pane. And all of a sudden you realize that the sun did not even disturb your little sleeping child. Isn't that amazing? That same sun that came up this morning and it burst forth with all the sunlight, it doesn't wake a sleeping baby. But do you know what that same thing is doing? There's water being drawn out of the oceans and they're being drawn up into the up into the clouds and because this water is being pulled up into the clouds it creates a current and it will blow and at some point there will be rain and it will release it on the earth and you say what we saw was just the sun came up this morning and it's all night but God is working even when we don't see what he's doing you all didn't get up this morning and look out the window and say oh the chlorophyll's working did you anybody do that if you do I need to talk to you but chlorophyll, when God releases sunshine, what happens, that's why the, the, the chlorophyll comes. And that's why plants are green. That's why we have the beauty of the creation that we live in. You take away the chlorophyll and we have no beauty. We have no color per se. But we didn't get up this morning and say, yep, God's got the chlorophyll going on this morning. No. You see, there's a quiet power that God has. And let me tell you how it works. When you're outside of Jesus Christ and you don't know God is your personal Lord and Savior, he starts disturbing inside your soul and nobody else around you. You hears it. Nobody else around you knows it, but you know inside you, he is working. He is disturbing you. He is squeezing your heart. He is squeezing your soul. He is causing you to have a bit of misery going on inside yourself. Why? Because your flesh is wanting to remain in the flesh. But God has said, no, I want to save you. And all by yourself, though it might be sounding loud inside your body, it is a quietness. But God's power is working. Why? He's drawing you to the refuge. He's drawing you to the river. But you've got to respond to him. God is my refuge. Can you testify of that today? God is my river. And he has a quiet power that works in my life. And he sustains me. And he gives me what I need. And he enables me. And he watches over me. God is my refuge. And God, he is my river. And he works in my life. He works to move in my behalf. And then it said in verse 7, And the Lord of hosts, is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. See, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of the angelic armies, the, the Lord Almighty Himself. He's our refuge, He's our river, He's our ruler. See, see, and that's how you've got to know him. He's just not someone you add to your life to, to help you in hard times. He is to be the Lord of your life, the ruler of your life. And as he rules your life, my friends, everything he has releases inside of you, to you, for your good, but for his glory. He says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Think about it. Come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. And I will be exalted among the heathen. And I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. 
So, so, so in this brief psalm, he's sitting there trying to tell you as his child, understand, I'm your refuge. I'm the one that has power. I'm the one that wants to know you personally. I'm the one that is present tense in your life. I'm your river. I'm the resource of everything you need. If you'll look to me, if you'll allow me, I will sustain you through the drought. I will sustain you through the difficulty. But you've got to realize I'm the river and I'll release inside of you my Holy Spirit. And my Spirit will lead you and my Spirit will guide you day in, day out as you walk in harmony with my word as you put off the old man and you put on the new man every day in Christ Jesus. But I'm your ruler. I'm the one that wants to call the shots in your life. You can't make decisions any way you want to make decisions. You've got to start making decisions and keeping with the will of God and the word of God and the ways of God. Because you see, as long as you're doing it on your own, he's not ruling your life. He's not Lord of your life. Listen to me. God says, I want to rule you. I want to guide you into everlasting life. I want to bring you into the benefits of this world right now. But it's going to be by my spirit. And it's going to be a spiritual dynamic that works in your life that you don't even comprehend. And when that all happens, he said, be still. Y'all have a hard time being still? Yeah. We don't like being still. That word, be still. God is trying to tell you, relax. We have a hard time relaxing, don't we? When you go on vacation, do you relax? No. No, we're too busy trying to grab everything and experience everything. And we come out more wore out than we left. But God says, here's what the word relax translates in the Hebrew. Let your hands hang down. We say, he's a handful. We put out our hand and we know what that means. Give me something. We throw up our hands. We say, good grief. And God is saying, when you know me as the refuge of your life, when you know me as the river flowing in your life, when you understand that I'm the ruler of your life, you can relax because I've got this. Because that's what this psalm is trying to tell you. I am God and you're not. And that's Christianity 101. And many people keep flunking that class. He's God. We're not. And we have to yield to His will. And we have to yield to His word. And we have to be obedient unto what He says. Because He says, I have got this. And you have to learn to trust me in the process. And in the process of you learning to trust God, you adjust yourself to Him and His will and His ways. You cannot say yes to Jesus and to say yes to things of the world. And as long as you're trying to say yes to Jesus and yes to the things of this world, you're going to be a frustrated believer, never knowing the refuge, never knowing the river, because he's not the ruler of your life. But when you say yes to him, and it automatically makes you say no to other things per se, he can become real inside your life, and you can learn to relax. Relax. He says, be still. And know I am God. When was the last time you got still? Long enough. And you lingered there. To where God assured inside your spirit. He's God. Does that mean you'll have no more problems and everything's going to work out wonderfully? Absolutely not. 
It means he is going to work even amidst your problems to work in you whereby you are a living testimony of the glory and the faithfulness of God. And it's often enough through the, through the sufferings that we go through where he makes us into the image of Christ Jesus. That's what impacts a lost and dying world more than anything else. And, and, and he says something that just totally doesn't make sense. He said, the Lord of hosts. He says it one more time. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Why did he say Jacob? I mean, if I was the one writing this, I'd say the God of Abraham, the father of our faith. I'd say the God of Moses, the one that led the children of Israel. But Jacob, why would he pick out the old tricky one? Why would he use the name of the deceiver? Why would he use the name of that guy who who, who deceived his brothers and his dad and his father? Why did he say Jacob? Because if he's the God of Jacob, he can be the God of Mark. He's talking about grace and mercy was extended to this one. His sovereignty, my friends, was greater than Jacob's trickery. His sovereignty, my friends, was greater than all that Jacob tried to do and tried to accomplish in his own power. He says, the God of Jacob, the God of the tricky one, and if he can be his God and he can work in his life, he can work in yours. Do you believe that? Because God says, I'm God. And if you will allow me, I will be your refuge, I will be your river, and I will rule your life. And then you can relax because I am God. I am supreme. I am on the throne. And nothing shakes me up and nothing gets me disturbed because I am God. And I see everything. I get amazed at people who have the idea that the problem that they are living in right now, God is taken off balance by your situation. Do you understand God never got disturbed when Pharaoh refused the word of Moses, the word of God? Do you understand God never got perplexed when Nebuchadnezzar did not do what, what Daniel had instructed, per se, for him to do? you realize that God never has to call an emergency meeting of the Trinity because your problem is that unique problem that he's never seen before? No. He says, I'm God. You're not. I'm God, and I'm personal, and I'm present, and I'm powerful. And you've got to understand, I'm the river that will flow in your life, through your life, if I'm the ruler of your life. And as I rule your life, and as you yield to me, you can learn to rest. You can learn to relax, and you'll know the refreshment that only I can give. And hear me, that's what we seek after. We seek after those moments, those seasons of refreshing that come from the Father. Because when God starts to refresh us, He rejuvenates us, and He enables us one more day to stand up. And one more day to face the challenges. And one more day to bear testimony of his honor and his kingdom and his glory. One more day I can exalt my Savior even though life seems to be falling apart. One more time he's picked me up and he's enabled me to walk. And I say amen. But let me ask you this question. Is he your master? Is he your Savior? Do you know that you know that you know if you die tonight you would go to heaven when you die. I'm not asking if you think so, you hope so, maybe so. I'm asking, do you know the Word of God says these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know you're a child of the King. You can be born again this very day as God has removed blinders from your eyes and from your heart and He's drawn you by His Holy Spirit to trust Him. He will save you to the uttermost. And if you are saved, are you walking in obedience to Him? Are you allowing Him to be real in your life where He is the one who rules, where He is your refuge, where He is that resource of a river and you know how to Relax in Him. Do you know how to relax in Jesus? You spend time with Jesus. 
Father God, I bow before you this morning. And God, I don't know who you've spoken to, what you've said. Maybe, God, there's someone here who's an old tricky one. Maybe there's someone here who's been a deceiver their whole life. But, God, today you've moved back the blinders, God, and you've spoken into their heart where they realize that you're their Savior, you can be their Lord. If they'll only respond to your word, to your, what Jesus did on Calvary's tree and receive it by faith. God, I pray this day for that one that is lost that you would save them this day. I pray, God, that you would just work in hearts and lives. And if there are individuals here who are born again, but, Father, they're not living under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. They're not living under the rulership of Almighty God. God, I pray this day will be the day that they yield everything they are and they surrender completely unto you. Father, be the refuge, Father. Make it personal to them. Show your power to them, God. Be that river, Father. Let that resource inside of them be the Holy Spirit that flows and moves in their life and let them know what it means to abide in you, to walk in you. Father, God, steal our hearts right now. Let us respond to you in faith. God, you be glorified. In Jesus' name.